from St. Louis Public Radio. This is St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. Kishibashi is a world-renowned multi-instrumentalist and singer-songwriter. The Seattle-born violinist has toured with artists including Regina Spector and Of Montreal and released some beautiful songs like For Every Voice That Never Sang, released this past spring. And that is For Every Voice That Never Sang by Kishibashi. Now, Kishibashi is an American of Japanese descent, and the piece being featured in his St. Louis Symphony Orchestra debut on September 17th is about the internment of Japanese Americans during World War II. The multimedia piece Improvisations on EO 9066 debuted in Miami in 2018, and Kishibashi joins us today to discuss it. So, Kishi, welcome. Thanks for having me. So the name of this piece takes its uh, name from the executive order issued by President Roosevelt in 1942, and you're obviously much too young to have been around then. Was this history that loomed large when you were growing up? I mean, I grew up, um, just so that your listeners would know this, is that, uh, you know, my parents are post-war immigrants, so they came after incarceration. Mm -hmm. And for me, I remember when I was a kid in the 80s, you know, I went to the museum you know, I was deeply interested in this topic because uh, it's something that um, would have affected me, you know, just to be locked up because of one's race. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I remember going to the National Smithsonian Museum, and they had an exhibit there, and I, I learned about it then. But it wasn't until, you know, a few years ago that I got, I got really interested in it again. And so for your parents, being here as, as Japanese immigrants in the years after the war, did they experience prejudice? Um, I think, well, they were college uh, professors in Seattle, had a big Asian community. So I asked them about this recently, and they didn't, they didn't seem to feel it too much. But they do um, remember um, my mother was a graduate student, and she was, you know, because she spoke Japanese, she went to interview a lot of, uh, like, survivors mm-hmm. of camps. And she remembers telling me that they, it was strange for her that they did not want to speak Japanese, or they could not speak Japanese, or you know, that they didn't want to express their heritage. They're really afraid of doing that. They really didn't want to talk about it, honestly, back then. And now that you have dug into this history yourself, does that reticence make more sense to you? Yeah, I mean, it's because when you're, um, you know, growing up as a as a post-war Japanese, um, you know, Japanese-American kid, you know, I was always proud of my culture. And uh, to not, um, I always tried to speak Japanese and read Japanese and, and uh, connect with my culture, but to to meet, you know, as I met survivors and like whole generations of people who had who were descendants um, who did not speak Japanese, uh, it kind of really um, it was really sad to to see this kind of cultural divide that they had in their lives that they're still grappling with today. Mm-hmm. So as you dug into the research for this piece, you actually ended up visiting some of these internment camps. What was that experience like? 
I mean, a lot of them, uh, they're, they're in these very remote regions of America. Um, so I went to about five camps, and I played violin improvisations, and I wrote some songs around there. And honestly, some places were very uh, beautiful, like Manzanar was beneath the Sierra Nevada mountains, and, the, and it was quite pleasant. And that was really that was really disturbing because you know you go to these places to to connect with uh, uh, an injustice or tragedy to try and find out, but then you're um, it's pleasant. And I think it helped me realize that you know. Um, more than the location, it's the stories of the people and like and connecting with uh, communities that still revolve around these stories that I, I found to be the most compelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can be in a physically beautiful place, but if you're there against your will, that's that's got to be a completely different experience. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, well. I mean, if you're incarcerated back then, uh, um, you know, it might be beautiful sometimes. Other times, you're still a prisoner. You know, so. Yeah. It's a a mixed bag of emotions, I'm sure. So even before this piece that you're going to be doing with the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra in in just about a week here, you explored this um, in your 2017 song film. Tell us about that project. Uh, So that project is still underway. I've been working on this documentary for the past four years. And so um, it chronicles basically the making of this piece, uh, which I'm performing with the St. Louis Symphony. And then um, also... Uh, I have an album of the same name, Umoyari, which I made during this during this whole process, and uh, and it kind of encapsulates the Japanese American identity, you know, of how how it's come to be and how it might impact the future. So the film is still in progress, but the album um, is now out. Yeah, yeah, the uh, uh, yeah. Albums don't take four years to make. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not for you. I mean, maybe for some people they would. Tell us about the name of this. I understand this Omar Yari. This is a Japanese word. What is what does it mean? Moyari is like uh, Moyari is something uh, akin to having uh, compassion or consideration for a guest or somebody else that you don't know, mm-hmm. and so it's kind of the backbone of Japanese society and how to be polite and how to care for others and have compassion. And uh, I think, yeah, good. Oh, so so that's sort of the central uh, that's the central idea behind this whole project is is sort of developing that empathy in those of us outside this experience. Yeah, I think um, I think from World War II and you know with the Holocaust, I think people really started to emphasize empathy as this is how we don't fall back into you know these animalistic ways of how we could be you know how could you be so sophisticated and modern but yet do awful things to each other. You know, and I think empathy is really, that's that's where it was really prioritized in our education, and it's so important now. So I want to play one of the songs or an excerpt from a song from this album. This is called Theme from Jerome, Forgotten Words. Oh 
And that is Theme from Jerome, Forgotten Words by Kishibashi. Kishibashi is my guest here today. Um, he's going to be performing with the St. Louis Symphony Orchestra in just about a week. Uh, that's his piece, Improvisations, on EO 9066. That's the name of the executive order issued by President Roosevelt that sent Japanese Americans to internment camps. Kishi, tell us what this song is about. So this one's specifically about the sadness uh, of assimilation. So like a lot of these cultures, you know, I visit these camps, um, and the narrative uh, is like, look at how American they were. You know, they play baseball, and they, um, you know, they're Boy Scouts. And, uh, and that was kind of like the way that they were able to get, you know, redress and to get acceptance that this was an awful thing. But the reality of the fact was that they were very Japanese, you know, uh, identity-wise, like culturally uh, who, and a lot of them were immigrants, you know, still might even have ties to Japan back then. So it's kind of like having to suppress your culture, like, internally, like, and then externally, like, they didn't allow them to speak Japanese or even have Japanese books, you know, um, unless it was a Bible or something like that. So it's kind of like uh, it was it was a government assimilation program, and it ultimately had these very sad consequences to myself. Hmm. So that's the idea with the forgotten words, the the forgotten Japanese words. Yeah, yeah, because a lot of the the, the Nisei Sansei, you know, fourth, fifth generation, they don't they really have a struggle to speak Japanese if they do at all. Hmm. And that Jerome, when you reference Jerome in the title, that's uh, by the Jerome War Relocation Center. That's actually not far from us here in Missouri. That was an internment camp in Arkansas. Yeah, there's two of them right next to each other. Rower is the other one, and uh, yeah. Did you visit right those in, in the course of working on this project? I did. So I, that's where I wrote the, the melody for that, uh, the, the theme for Jerome. And so that's why it's the, the theme for Jerome. So just hearing the sadness in that song, it, it makes me think of the sadness you must have felt being there in Arkansas, thinking about people uprooted from the West Coast. You talk about beautiful areas, you know, some of these camps were in gorgeous areas. I imagine Arkansas was maybe a culture shock in its own way. I mean, yeah, well, yeah, if you're, like, from the West Coast, I'm sure. I don't want to look down on people because there are people who live around there, too, you know. Sure. Um, but it was, it, was pretty, uh, it was pretty swampy and pretty desolate, you know. And basically, a lot of these places that they put them were very unattractive areas. Like, they didn't have irrigation or they didn't have... Um, a lot of them were Native American lands also. So, mm-hmm. um, it's basically very undesirable places where they, where they took these massive populations. So you've been working on these, um, you know, 2017, 2018 for this multimedia piece. Um, I'm told these were inspired in some ways by the 2016 presidential election. How, how did that end up inspiring some of what you're working on in these pieces? Um, well, specifically, uh, it kind of activated me in a way that um, there's a lot of rhetoric coming out of the Trump administration early on that they were talking about, uh, you know, with the Muslim ban, trying to... Uh, trying to um, promote that. They were, there were people talking about how Japanese internment was precedent for that. Mm-hmm. And I, I found that personally offensive because it was considered such an injustice and caused so much you know, harm to people. Um, and it was, I thought it was really insensitive and lacking empathy. You know? And that's kind of what be, that's, that's when I decided I needed to really, really understand it so that I could, uh, I guess, arm myself uh, and feel um, educated about it. And does the work bring in those parallels uh, directly? Uh, the work? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, I think like, um, 
there's so much relevance to um, there's so much importance because to me it's a, it's initially it was a civil rights issue because I'm not connected to it you know but um, it has so much relevance in that you know if you have if you lack the empathy and you and you base all your actions on fear alone then that's a real easy way to fall back into this kind of history of doing the same thing again mm-hmm. to other people like uh, otherizing people and, and making them feel like they're a threat to you. So I'm going to play another song from Omiyari that draws on these connections. This song is called Angeline, and it was inspired by the practice of convict leasing during the Jim Crow era. That day I was walking down the railroad tracks. I heard the sound. The sheriff, he was mighty proud. And that is Angeline by Kishibashi. Kishi, tell us just a bit about this song. So, um, on a way, you know, one of my trips from Athens, Georgia, where I live, you know, to Jerome, was actually we stopped by Selma and Birmingham. And, you know, we did a little kind of civil rights tour because it's, you know, this is something that's extremely relevant to me uh, in my head. And I think uh, convict leasing is the idea, um, you know, it's a legacy of slavery, you know, buried in Jim Crow laws. But, um, Ultimately, it's really about criminalizing people. Like, when you think of somebody going to jail or, like, behind bars or in a concentration camp, you, you automatically associate a negative association. And I think that that's when, with African Americans, when they're criminalized through convict leasing, you know, unjustly charged so that they could work mm-hmm. in the labor camps, you know. It's something that uh, it takes decades, it takes generations to un- unravel, you know, this kind of, like, criminal criminalization of of a race of people mm-hmm. and i think that's um as an asian person especially i felt because um, asians have a, a very strange place in the racial hierarchy of america you know we're kind of in the middle the model what they call the model minority mm-hmm. and so i thought it was very important to really bring up the fact that we need to have solidarity with all minorities uh, in this country and and know our history our dark history so if people are listening to some of this music we've played here today, so much of this is, is just so beautiful. Um, tell us a bit about what you'll be doing with the St. Louis Symphony on September 17th. So um, this is, I'm very excited. This is like my first full symphony show. Um, and so uh, for your first time viewers who don't know me, they might think I'm a, a like social activism related um, musician, but I'm actually, I just make, I make a lot of fun pop music too. Hmm. And so... It's going to be a lot of my um, my songs that are, you know, pretty positive and uplifting, but also uh, this one piece. And uh, I, it kind of like, you know, I do, I do, I think I do a decent job of kind of entertaining the crowd and like personalizing all my work, you know. So it, it's going to be really great. So the, the title of this one piece, this, this very serious piece, uh, is Improvisations on EO9066. Is some of this going to be improvised? Uh, no, th- these are actually based on field recordings that I did. Like fields, you know, I went out to Jerome and I performed some violin in the cold field. And then I recorded that audio and visuals. And those visuals would actually be playing on screen while the orchestra plays along with it. And I'll also be on stage 
um, augmenting the sound. So that's that's the nature of this multimedia piece. So this this sounds like just a great show. What do you hope ultimately that St. Louis audiences take from everything you're bringing here? I just want uh, people to remember how awesome live music is again. You know, this will be my first one of my first indoor concerts, um, one of my first symphony concerts. Um, my, my shows are just full of joy, and um, uh, I like to just encourage people to really. Uh, have a great um, feeling about their existence. That makes sense. <laughs> it does. Um, and there's a lot of firsts for you in this. You say this is your first major symphony um, uh, performance of this, and this is also your fir- one of your first ones live back indoors. There must be a lot of excitement going into this uh, coming week. Uh, yeah. I have a lot of ties to St. Louis, too. I mean, St. Louis was one of my first like solo shows with uh, Headache. Kickstarter backer a long time ago, and I played at the Broadway um, many times. You know, uh, I have a lot of history with St. Louis, so I'm I'm very excited to be coming back well, in a huge way. We're very excited you're coming back too. So Kishibashi, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. We want to go out of the show with another song by Kishibashi. This is Summer of '42. This is again from Omayari, and it portrays a love story from the internment camps. Chaos of the war Made man of everybody But the memories I adore We named our favorite sunset St. Louis on the Air is a production of St. Louis Public Radio. Understanding starts here. Do you find yourself regularly listening to episodes of St. Louis on the Air? Suggest us to a friend you think might enjoy our conversations. And leave us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the simplest way to help people discover our show. Thanks. St. Louis Public Radio is a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.